Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pucks on the Dasher, a hockey podcast. I'm your host, Adam Glass, and with me, as always, my co-host, uh, Snifflin Tyler Hebner. Sorry. <laughs> allergy season. Uh, what is your specific allergy? Uh, pollen, mostly. Pollen. Well, that's very broad and annoying, yeah. I guess. Yeah, and I, I used to have to get allergy shots as a kid. Super nerd. You know. Uh, what is What is an allergy so- shot consist of? Like a needle every week. No, I yes, I understand that a shot means a needle. Thank you. I don't but know. What, you think, what do what they put I, in do it? Do I look like a fucking doctor? I don't know. They like crush up a dandelion and shove it in there. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's in it. It just stopped the symptoms. That's for sure. Why don't you keep getting it then? Because you grow out of it. Oh, you can't get it's a different kid. one. I mean, it's not. They're not that bad. You get vaccinated first, for your allergies. This is the first of like in the last three years that I've actually felt the allergy season at all. But what well, didn't you move recently? Yeah, but I'm yeah sure. I mean, yeah, yeah put right? two and two together. I guess you're right. That's usually the most. See so what uh, you're saying is I'm fucked. Uh, I would say you have to move again. I guess. Oh God, <laughs> we move every two years as it is. That means next May I'm moving. Uh, you got to just put your foot down and be like, I can't have sniffles for one month a year. This yeah. is just on. I can't handle this. Uh, we have to move. Yeah, it's only been. Two well, the market's starting day. to settle down. So maybe you can lose money and get a cheaper house at the same time. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But OK. <laughs> no, I think that's how it works, Tyler. Uh, no. Uh, I don't know. Have you been keeping up with Obi-Wan? I haven't. So I no. just wondered if you had. <laughs> no, you so, gave so, up already. You I haven't given up. You're going to fervently chug through it i didn't say i've given up i just haven't kept up with it. Oh, like it's okay. not appointment watching for me i'm i got through stranger things i'm trying to get through the boys before stranger things uh volume two comes out in 10 days so just uh, taking it easy i think i'm up to season four on my billions rewatch um i put it aside for a bit for some other random stuff i was watching but that's nice. about all i've been watching lately again other than no that's pretty much it actually other than um, hockey yeah, hockey is the thing that we watch. Um, and today, Tyler, uh, we're going to start with signings. Okay. Actually, no, I skipped that because this is going to lead better the next thing. We're going to okay. skip signings and leave that for after the first segment, which is going to be called, um, and this is an original name, and I don't want anybody to steal it. I'm going to copyright it. Uh, and nobody ever thought of this before, and it's called Coach's Corner. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh, and we are basically going to do an extended look at some coaching shit that's been going on since our last uh, podcast here. Cool. It's been a lot. And you love talking coaches. So I definitely wanted to spend a long time on this. Okay. Uh, okay. So I don't know if this one's official official yet, but I know I saw it in an official tweet uh, by an insider or something at one point. Um, the Oilers extended Jay Woodcroft for three years. Sweet. Like, all right, I guess. Like, what else? I guess what else are you gonna do, right? Like, isn't that the classic back yourself into a corner Dominic Ducharme thing? Definitely is, but I don't think he's quite. Like, as I know as... he's been there for a while, but so is Dominic Ducharme. I don't think that. I think he's a better coach than Dominic Ducharme. Well, I think almost everybody is apparently at this point, but. Yeah, I mean, hey, McDavid and Drysaitel played it almost like a. Uh, like league breaking pace with this guy as the head coach, uh, things could be a lot worse. I'm just so. like, honestly, if I'm Ken Holland and in the exit interviews, I would just say, like, hey, do you guys like Jay Woodcroft? And if Dry Settle and McDavid said yes, then I would just sign him. <laughs> That's that would be my only decision I would make. 
if they were like, we hate this guy, punt him, then I would go. Because McDavid's had so many different coaches. Like, at this yeah. point, like. Three years of one coach would be uh, yeah. an improvement. Would be a vast improvement for a guy like him. Yeah, I, I I don't see how this could be, like, a bad thing. Like, you'd have to see, like, multiple players take step backs. Like, it would have to be, like, Dale Hunter taking over, like, Washington Capitals for it to be bad. Like, for it to be, like, a bad scenario. At least with Montreal, they didn't have any star players. Right. So like it, they just kind of fell apart. I mean, given Ken Holland's recent history and the fact that they were actually successful last year, this might be the only half decently intelligent thing he does all offseason. Is it intelligent or is it just like you're just doing it? I mean, kind of for Ken Holland, I would actually say that I'm kind of surprised he didn't galaxy brain himself into some veteran coach. I have a hard time believing unless it's someone like Claude Julien. Like, they're not going to get any of the big, like, three or four coaches on the market. But isn't that insane to think about? Well, it's Edmonton, too, right? Yeah, but you arguably have the best player in the NHL. Yeah, Maybe but two that? of the best players in the NHL, and nobody wants to come coach your team. Honestly, coaching a really – like, hear me out here. I think coaching a really good player is actually not something that a coach wants to do. I think coaches take more – uh, more pride in when they're known for getting the most out of a team, like like John Tortorella, like Columbus Blue Jackets type shit. Like I, I think coach coaches like not would prefer that, but are like they feel more proud of doing it without the best, quote unquote best best players in the world. Like even like John Cooper and with the Lightning, um, like he kind of like helped them get there. They were nothing before him, kind of thing. So. Uh, you know, that would be uh, like developing the star yourself would be cool. But like coming in and taking over two of the best players in the world, like anytime you get eliminated from the playoffs, it's like they're wasting McDavid's career. He should have a cup by now. Her. Uh, I'm sure you wouldn't want to hear that all the time. Tyler, who's the most sought after arguably until Bruce Cassidy was fired, you could argue was the most sought after free agent coach on the market. Trots. Why did he become the most sought after free agent coach? Because he of uh, what he did with the Islanders. No. And the Capitals. Yes, because he took over a team that had superstars that couldn't get over the hump, and he was the coach that got them there. Yeah, but you're selectively you're selectively just saying, oh, yeah. Yeah, but that narrative – yeah, but the when problem he was with is – He was with the National Predators for like 10 years doing yeoman's work, uh, you know, taking a team with nobody and like – having some success with them like it's not like which is yeah but that's how he got the chance in washington it was like what if this guy actually had good players what could he be well he was a champion the reason why he got the the quote-unquote chance in washington is because he left nashville he had this isn't bruce boudreaux he didn't sit idle right like he left nashville that's the reason why he got the chance because he became available the washington capitals got the chance to have barry trotz it's not the other way around the Washington Capitals did not make, make Barry Trotz a sought-after coach. I'm sorry. I disagree. The point I'm trying to make is, based on everything I've seen so far in coach signings this offseason, is that what matters more than anything when signing a coach is the narrative surrounding the coach. And that is it. Not sure, the results. But... Not anything else. Like, it's all narrative-based. Like, Tortorella went to Philly. Tortorella shouldn't even be a coach anymore in this league. He won one cup before the salary cap existed. He had like, some success with he had some success with Columbus. Come on. Some success. He swept the and, lightning one and, year. And Woo. the Rangers. He was good with the Rangers. The okay. only bad the only Tyler, places he was go. really bad was. Do, it? do you want to do it? I have it in front of me. It's okay. Here's his record as a head coach. 
Uh, his first year of the Lightning on out of the playoffs, out of the playoffs, lost in the second round championship, lost in round one, lost in round one, out of the playoffs, lost in round one, out of the playoffs, lost in round one, lost in round three with the Rangers. So one conference final. Now he's at two. Lost in round two with the Rangers, out of the playoffs with the Canucks, out of the playoffs with the Blue Jackets, lost in round one, lost in round one, lost in round two, lost in round two, and out of the playoffs. How many that is coaches, not successful. How many coaches, what do you mean? How many coaches do you know have multiple trips to the, the conference final? He has two conference how final many? trips in literally 20 years. And and how many have Barry, has Barry Trotz had before Washington? None. So, what do you mean? What do you mean? So, oh, sorry, he went. To, did he go to the Stanley Cup final with Nashville, or was that Laviolette? Uh, that was Lavi. Yeah. So he had literally the Stanley. No, Cup. Oh, that was PK Subban, Tyler. Yeah, that was PK Subban. No, like the amount of times you get to the conference final is not your um, is not what makes you a good coach. What makes you a good coach is making the playoffs and the context around how you make the playoffs. John Tortorella made the playoffs with a lot of you know not great teams. He did. The Columbus years, like that's impressive. He really did something there, um, and they they went on a bit of a run. Uh, yeah, having a Vesna winning goaltender and Artemi yes. Panarin is. Tough. I know you hate the guy, but it's 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 incredibly painful for me to hear you go and switch from one narrative to the next. Because now a coach, the 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 reason a, a player is good is because uh, they're good and not the coach. But there there's nothing to the defense that Sergei Borovsky was put in for, put behind when we see exactly what he is in Florida with no defensive structure you could I could easily make the argument that uh Bobrovsky won both Vesnas because of John Tortorella easily would you say that narratively by hiring John Tortorella the Flyers are admitting their team is not good but they yes. needed to at least make the playoffs yes 100% I, I don't think it takes a genius to see that so they are setting the lowest bar possible, and that is so pathetic as a franchise such as the Philadelphia Flyers. Anything can, uh, I know it's a really stupid narrative, but anything can happen when you make the playoffs. Like, in reality, that should be every team's goal every year, is make the playoffs. Because you never, in hockey, you never know what could happen. This is, think about how we've been talking about the Stanley Cup final. This is like the best final we've seen in years because some random team didn't make the finals. The most random team that made the final four was the New York Rangers, who had been a number one uh, seeded team for most of the year before Carolina passed them. Like, think about the state of hockey. Like, it should be the goal to make the playoffs as a even as an eighth seed, because it is possible to make a run, and then that run leads to bigger things. And yes, sometimes you go the way of the Montreal Canadiens and the Dallas Stars, but other times you're the LA Kings and you win a few cups. Like it, that, that you have to get there at some point or another. Tampa, yeah, but the Tampa Kings was, like weren't exactly a traditional eight seed, and they had a shitty start to the year, and then went absolutely on fire for like fifty straight games. Yeah, but what what if that's what happened? It's happens not like they Philly. squeaked in. But what if that? Well, they, by definition, they squeaked in because I guess they were the if you look seed. at the record books, you're gonna assume they squeaked. Yes, in. and and who who's to say? Who cares how it happens? You're still the eighth seed. Whether you go on a St. Louis Blues like he, absolute heater because you found some random goalie in a trash heap in the AHL, or you're you know you're do- halfway dominant uh, at the beginning part of the season and you back into the playoffs, it doesn't matter. Just get there. They should be trying to get there. So you like that for Philly then? Do I like the hire for Philly? Is this who you would have hired if you were Philly? 
if your goal is to make the playoffs, well, I don't get it. a choice. I clearly don't get a choice of everyone because I think that they tried to get Trots, and I'm sure they tried to get DeBoer and Cassidy, and they were probably told no. It, it, it's and I kind of had this conversation in a Discord that I'm in today was like. Is is Tortorella a good hire or is Peter DeBoer a good hire? We'll talk. I'm sure we'll talk about that hire in a second, right? Are they good hires? I I don't know. You, they're only good hires when they are good hires, and they're only bad hires when they are bad hires. We don't know what the other options are, and we don't know how those other options would work. It's not like some random coach in college is going to get a coaching job somewhere else. There's only 32 coaching jobs, head coaching jobs, and that guy in college could wait three more years and we would never know that the a, the the flyers were even a candidate for him or B the flyers even looked at him or, you know, would, is this scenario the same as the other scenario? Like it's, it's, you know, if you plopped, uh, if you plopped Daryl Sutter on the flyers and kind of swap those two head, like who knows, like Daryl Sutter could do nothing with the flyers just because they're poorly made. They're a poorly made team. Like, we don't know. Like, maybe maybe no structure can help them, right? So is that who I'd go with personally? No, probably not. I'd want to go with a more offensive-minded coach, right? I, I think I said as much with Boudreaux. Like, that's the type of coach that I would want to hire as someone who has more of an offensive system than a defensive system. But it, could it be good for the Flyers? Maybe. Tortorella is a pretty well-known coach. He's got a good record of making the playoffs and like being a bubble team. That's what they see themselves as. They have some good players. It's not like it's not like this is the Arizona Coyotes or anything, right? Um, you know, they they have some redeeming qualities, and he's generally makes his goalies better, and that's only good for Philly's most important player on their team is Carter Hart. Given the roster that Philly has, um, I could see him making them a bubble team at the very least. Yeah, I mean... Like, they're kind of built for him, the way that, if you look at that team, um, rip a fair B, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, RIP a lot of their good players, like, but, but, but at the same time... Kevin Hayes of... is going to play 25 games of the hardest hockey he's ever played in his life, and he's going to get hurt next year. Tortorella has, um, and and this is the kind of a, going into a fantasy conversation. Like Tortorella has um, maintained um, high level players and in, in fantasy relevant players, like especially top line. It's just it's anyone's guess who those top lines are going to be. This Honestly, probably, um, late rounds in a kept multi cat league, Risto might actually be worth looking at now because Torts yeah. might actually make his plus minus not completely yeah. unbearable. Yeah, and he might he might be good. This he, this might be the coach that he needs. You know, he I'm might get like at, 40 points but 200 hits, which is for sure. super valuable. And I'm looking at guys like Couturier. This is probably pretty good for, right? Yep. I oh, think yeah. it's going to be good for Carter I think Hart it'll probably. Be, I think it'll be good for Travis Konechny too. And obviously, you like talking about guys who have sustained um, high goal scoring numbers with John Tortorella as their head coach. Uh, Cam Atkinson. Yeah, Cam Atkinson will probably get every shot right? to. Who is this bad for? James Van Riemsdyk. Oh, God. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. He's going to hate well JVR him. so much. You might as well trade him right now. Yeah. Right. But regardless. Uh, okay. Do you want to uh, take our little plane over to Vegas or Dallas? Uh, Vegas is probably easier. Uh, go ahead. Uh, given the fact that Cassidy became available, this is obviously the best hire they could have made outside of yeah. Trots, correct? Yeah. I do really like the hire. I think that's a, uh, he knows how to manage star players. He's done it in Boston. Um, 
he's yeah. going to have a little chippy chip on his shoulder too, which I think is going to help a lot for that team specifically because there's some bad vibes in Vegas right now. I don't know if a chip on a, a, sh- a coach's shoulder really means too much. Like, are they going to play harder for him? Yeah, maybe. I guess I don't know. Like that's kind of that's you're making a big inference there. I think, but um, the system is a good system. I think it's going to be good. Obviously, again, looking at it from a fantasy perspective, he has been a coach for one of the most prolific lines in fantasy hockey over the yep. years. My only concern is I don't think he's really supported a really top-tier defenseman, um, right? Tory Krug, even at his height, and obviously um, McAvoy hasn't really broken out as a D-man, right? Chara, I think, was kind of at the later end of of his career anyways when Cassidy took over. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Petrangelo does and, and Shea Theodore, but, uh, yeah, I mean, elsewise, I think it's a great signing and it's probably the best one that they could have made. I don't think trots would have been good for that team personally, but, uh, so either Cassidy will miss the playoffs for the first time since he returned as an NHL coach or <laughs> Jack Eichel will make the playoffs for the first time in his NHL career. I would bet a lot of money on them making the playoffs next year what are the odds are for that uh let's check. worry about that next for next year because i'm wondering now what the odds are of sean couture winning a selkie <laughs> uh, honestly those odds i'm pretty sure are released but anyways keep talking i will yeah. look it up. uh okay so next up would be the most recent i believe coaching hire never mind uh, they're not it was football which, i was looking at anyways which would be uh, the Dallas Stars, uh, who are obviously in win-now mode, hired a guy who will get you to the cup final, then everybody will hate him after the first year, uh, Pete DeBoer. Yeah, I mean, I've been pretty critical of him in the past, but the results speak for themselves. Again, like, if uh, if anything, like, that Hints and Robinson and uh, and Pavelski line was pretty good despite their head coach, I think. Um, so that this is probably only a good thing, right? Again, Pete DeBoer has sustained, you know, high levels of play over his career as well, too. So it's really hard for me to hate the, the hire. I, I hope Ottinger is, is, is going to be okay. Um, cause that would be weird if they did what they did at the beginning of this year again to him. Um, uh, but he should be their locked in number one, no question about it. And hopefully he doesn't get thrown under the bus. Uh, the thing about DeBoer is he likes shots from the point and generating goals via tips and deflections and rebounds. And they're losing one of the best defensemen in the league at that. That's what I was just going to say. Um, <laughs> I would be given the fact that you're got DeBoer coming back. I would be using that as a hard pitch to Mr. Klingberg to bring him back. Cause he is one of the best defensemen in the league at doing that. Like you said. Uh, and, uh, if you were wondering if Joe Pavelski's fantasy value will drop next year, that sounds like exactly how Joe Pavelski likes to play. Uh, and he also has already, yeah, clearly he coached him already and Pavelski had huge years under DeBoer before. So absolutely. He's going to be used a lot. There should be no, should be no issues with, uh, drafting or keeping the only issues will be Pavelski is if his body holds up. So, but I think you take that, you should take that chance. Um, cause uh, as long as that hints, Robertson Pavelski line stays together, um, it's going to be one of the better lines in hockey again. I think like. Okay, so there are still places looking for coaches, Tyler. Uh, They would be the Boston Bruins, who are rumored to go off the board here, uh, and they're probably going to bring in a young guy, which maybe signals that they are going full rebuild here, which I love to see as a Leaf fan, obviously. Yeah. 
Uh, the Detroit Red Wings were probably looking to maybe not take the next step, but at least start um, putting their foot in the door or dipping their toe into the water of the playoff bubble, I would say, uh-huh. uh, and have a lot of nice pieces there that maybe would entice a coach and a GM that is well-respected uh, and an owner that is obviously well-respected. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, who are probably just going to bring in basically a pallbearer of some sort. Yeah. Um, uh, the Winnipeg Jets, who are basically going to fail into Barry Trotz, so good for them. <laughs> oh, Avs just scored. Oh, sorry. Nikushkin again. <laughs> oh, geez. He's going to get paid. <laughs> oh, man. What are those con smite odds? Oh, God. Oh, God. I wish I would have put money on him instead of Palat now. Oh, they closed the odds for con smite. Fuck. Um, At least for today. He's doing what I wanted Plot to do. Yeah. Uh, oh, and the Florida Panthers are interviewing coaches and haven't uh, let offside. Never mind. Sorry. Brunette go. Uh, let Burnett know if they're bringing him back or not, which I think is kind of sad. Not they're probably cool, going to bring Burnett back. I don't. At think... this point, they're going to bring him back because they have nobody better. <laughs> yeah, I would say that'd be pretty galaxy brain level shit. And we we should all want to see the Florida Panthers do well, right? Right? Like yeah. they're 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 a pretty likable team, right? I would say so. And it's nice to see a market finally have success after a long time of obviously not having it all. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so I would say Trotz is probably going to go to Winnipeg. I don't think there's anywhere else enticing enough unless for some reason he really wants to go to Detroit. Yeah, I, I don't know how many years in, of his career he has left. Like, how many more years? Do you well, there were rumors coach? that uh, David Poyle has already told him that a management position is available to him in Nashville if he ever wants it. So I think what he I heard, I think it was on 32 Thoughts, that if he goes to Winnipeg, he might bring in a veteran coach on his bench, like a Black Hill or somebody like that. Uh, and I think maybe what Prots will do is sign a four-year deal and then coach for a year or two and see if he still feels like doing it. That's and fair. then at least there's somebody on the bench with him that could easily take over on an interim basis so he's not totally screwing over Winnipeg type thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, like basically I think he'll sign a four year deal coach for two years, see how the team does. And then basically call it a coaching career. Like he has his cup now. He probably wants to wind. Like he's one of the older coaches, especially with bonus now gone. He yeah. might be the oldest coach in the NHL if he actually comes back. So I would imagine he is the um, oldest. Yeah. So he probably at most has, I would say a couple more years left, but Winnipeg is obviously he's from Manitoba. So if he can come there and bring them some success, I feel like that at the very least would be nice for him personally. Yeah. I'm sure he's still got family and stuff in the area. They'd probably be happy to see him bring success to the Jets. So Yeah, I mean it's a good team to go to. Like again, kinda hope they trade Nick Ehlers now, but uh yeah. So I happy. think he'll go there. Um and I think Detroit will probably go for some uh new hotness type guy, I bet. Yeah, for sure. It'd be nice to see them uh, you know bring in a guy that they can you know kind of build with uh mark savard's been an interesting name i don't know if you have that one written down um for uh, yeah his name's been floating out there because his buddy jeff merrick floated out there in a tweet yeah. so i don't know if that was a little scratch my back thing but um, i would like to see him come in as a coach he's had success in the ohl obviously um, but his team was recently eliminated the spitfires were eliminated by the hamilton bulldogs um, mason mctavish having himself an absolute game in game seven yep uh, look for him next year on the Anaheim Ducks, yep. um, where he will probably be very good. Uh, okay, moving on. Let's get to signings now, because okay. the signings are going to lead to a trade, and the trades Ooh. are going to lead to a quiz. Okay. Uh, and then quiz will lead to uh, playoff. Well, the Stanley Cup, I think, is going on still, right? 
yeah, I'm watching the game right now. As you, okay, all my as bets are. I made. I I think I lost the bolts of three peat. Uh, personally, here with all my betting, but. Uh, okay, so signing Tyler. Uh, do you want to talk about the most recent signing that happened today, or do you want to go in chronological, somewhat order? Chron- reverse chronological, as in let's go oldest to newest. Okay, so I'm gonna leave uh, one specific one out because I think it's the only one that's important. So we're gonna blaze through three of these here quickly. Okay. Uh, 25-year-old Dylan Gambrell. Gambrell. Yep. Uh, the signed, guy that they got from San Jose. Yeah, signed a one-year, nine hundred fifty thousand dollar contract with the Senators. I actually yeah. had to look up how he ended up in Ottawa when I saw this. I yeah. did not realize that Ottawa actually made a trade to acquire somebody last year. Yeah, uh, but it was only was... a seventh-round pick, and I assume they see him as a Nick Paul replacement for next year. Uh, like I a don't third-line center I type guy. Not, I don't think he's anything, but that's very wishful thinking of you for sure. I mean, it's Ottawa, so they like to really. Wish yeah, no, thinking. this guy—he's a fourth liner at best. I don't think he's got much of a career, unfortunately. Uh, the New York Rangers doubled down on a terrible trade by signing a 26-year-old Sammy Blay to a one-year, $1.525 million contract. Yep. Uh, he he basically didn't play at all last year and got hurt. Um, and Buznevich, I think, had like what 70 points. <laughs> yeah, hitting Buznevich was awesome. Would have been great on this team. Yep. Uh, yeah, and might have been the difference in that series against the Lightning. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Uh, and it's not like they couldn't afford him for this season. They could. So that was weird. Um, okay. Uh, last of the no-nothing trades, uh, but a two-year deal for some reason. 23-year-old Brett Leeson signed a two-year one-way contract for $775,000 with the Washington Capitals. I think he was pretty okay with them towards I the mean, end of the season. I mean, if he is literally a roster player, at that money, he is valuable. Sure. Especially at 23. Yeah. Um, okay, so the actual deal that I thought was at least somewhat worth looking into more, uh, 23-year-old goaltender Daniel Tarasov, uh, who has been highly touted for a few years now, signed a three-year, $1.05 million contract with the Blue Jackets, which leaves them with three goalies on one-way deals going into the season. Yeah. Uh, which obviously is not good. So, is it? I thought uh, Corpusala was a free agent. Well, are we not going into the 22-23 season? They re-signed him, remember? One year, 1.3 million. Interesting. So that means that Corpus Salo at one like one year, 1.3 million yeah. is a base, very obvious trade ship now. Because you're not going to trade Tarasov, and I highly doubt they're trading Elvis. No, they're not. No, Elvis is their goalie. He's so what, what do you get for a goalie who basically has a sub-900 save percentage in his I... NHL career? <laughs> I think I think he's just a backup, man. I think they still want to give uh, Tarasov the AHL job. It's a one-year deal. They can't send him down then. It, Tarasov is signed for three three more seasons. It's three more seasons at one way. Yeah, just, I know. Yeah, you can send him down. You can send him down, down, the, down. Send him down at the start of the year without waivers. Yeah, but then they call him up, then they can't they send can't, him down again. They just can't. Yeah, they just can't call him out. He only yeah, played 11 He's games. not going to sign a three-year deal with this team if they're telling him you're going to be in the AHL for one more full season. He's only played 11 AHL games, and he was an 893 save percentage. So you think they're just giving him like extra money to stay in the org for another year? Maybe. I mean, I'm not going to rule out that they um, that they won't try and move Corpus Allo, but it's kind of weird. To, to Why wouldn't you just let him walk if you really wanted this kid to be your backup? Well, because he has value, maybe. Because maybe you value like I a fifth-round pick more than one point. Yeah, I don't think so. Zero five million. 
I don't think so. I don't. Th- I think he's going to start in the AHL, and then if uh, if Corpusalo is bad, they will just uh, waiver him. Uh, like, if if you play in a deep league uh, like my big pool and can NA stash guys, uh, Daniel Tarasov is a guy that you might want to NA stash as a goalie. Yeah, he's not blocked at all by a actual real starter. No, but I mean, he will probably put up good stats and he will get you starts. And given that there were multiple guys in that pool last year that didn't even get starts some weeks, like for sure, there's value there, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, okay, the last signing is the most recent signing, and that is uh, I don't. Why don't I have his age in front of me? How old is this guy? How old is this guy? Ninety-six. Do the math. Twenty-six-year-old Andre Kuzmenko from the KHL signed a one-year, nine hundred and fifty thousand dollar deal with the Vancouver Canucks because Boost Brujo drove six hours. I. Know nothing about this guy. Uh, he had 53 points in 45 games for St. Petersburg uh, in the KHL, uh, and the year before he had 37 points in 57 games. Uh, and as we all know, um, nothing's weird has been going on in the KHL lately. So I'm sure all the competition he is facing has been 100% great. Yeah, he might be okay. Who knows? Uh, basically uh, everything I've read said, unless they put him in the top six and play him with good guys, he's basically going to be useless. <laughs> Sweet. Another, uh, <laughs> I'm like, can't you do that with everybody? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that's that actually everybody? that's the recipe. That's the recipe for most, uh, players. Yeah. Like imagine if you're Hoglander next year and you're like having to fight for a spot with this, like donkey from Russia who... or pod Colson. Yeah. Or pod Colson. Like, man. All right. Well, Honestly, it's a it's a no risk. It's, it's no, no risk, risk right? Yeah. You do it if he's you good. 100% you, do it. If he's good, then you look like a genius. If he's bad, you just see ya. Bye. Terminate the contract. See ya. Back to Russia. Okay, so signings uh, are going to move us into trades. The first trade we're going to talk about uh, is a quick one. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres acquired the corpse of Ben Bishop's contract for a seventh. I did not see that. You didn't know that? I did not. But yeah, his just kind of snuck seven. in there one day. Yeah. Um, who, yeah. And so that leads us to uh, the Montreal Canadiens trading Shea Weber's corpse of a contract to the Vegas Golden Knights for Evgeny Dodonov. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, Montreal got a top six forward, arguably, for nothing. Is... <sighs> See... Did Montreal need a top six forward? Uh, okay. So here's here's what I would do if they're the, if I was the Canadians, and apparently what they're not going to do. I have heard multiple rumors on multiple places and tweets and stuff like that that teams are for whatever friggin' reason hot after Josh Anderson, and what? the Canadians are refusing to move him. Oh Jesus! Bringing in Dodonov to me gives you the perfect opportunity to move Josh Anderson and just give all those minutes to Dodonov. You already have Matt Hoffman there. Like it's a weird team, Mike. Tyler. Um, but this Mike. is a. I mean, they got rid of Weber's contract. They weren't going to need him anymore. It was just cap. I don't know. I guess. I, to me, I feel like there should have been more there. I so, my first reaction to this was. Montreal, why are you saving Vegas without taking, like, without getting draft capital 100%, back? 100%. Yeah. Or I would have asked for capital, at least one draft pick. Right. Getting rid of Shea Weber's contract, like, most teams that are cap strapped would want to do that. 
um, I think, and give you a player who is essentially useless to them now. Montreal doesn't need Yevgeny Dedanov. Like, they don't. They could have signed two or three different guys who could have slotted in if they really wanted to off a of free agency. Like, I think what he brings is not, um, you know, he's not the Dedanov that played with Huberto and Barkov all those years ago. He is, you know, at at best, I'd say I'd want him as a third line winger. Right. I don't I don't think I'd want him in my top six and expect to be a good team. The the whole body. Oh, they need bodies. Blah, they need to hit the salary cap floor. But I think you could do better things with your dollars and stuff. Right. I think you could weaponize your cap space a little bit better if you wanted to and still build towards the future, which, you know, everyone's saying they want to tank for Bedard as well. So, you know, you I just feel like you should be doing better things with this cap space. Now you got five million dollars, I think, at best. If he plays, if he plays as good as you think he is, and he, we're at the trade deadline, and you want to eat half his salary and trade him, I don't think you're getting anything better than a third or a fourth round pick. Like I don't think anyone's trading a second for Dadonov, based on the prices of this past offseason. What I was told is that um, Montreal needed to move Weber's money off the books from an LTIR perspective because. They can't have Weber and Price on the LTIR at the same time, which makes it make a little bit more sense. Like they have to get rid of the contract, but I would have just liked to see some like uh, a prospect or a pick come back, and I'd be even a little bit more on board with it. But I just don't see, I don't see the point personally of, of well, doing this. I mean, Montreal's GM is new. He may not necessarily want to completely bend guys over the barrel right off the bat. And maybe this is a way of him having a little favor in the chamber type thing and being like, look, let's just make a deal that works for both of us. I won't hold you over a barrel. You can take this contract. Just give me a guy I can roster. And like you said, I mean, honestly, even if they flip at the deadline for anything, that's that's still more value than you would have ever got for Weber's contract, right? Yeah, I I guess I guess. Right. I mean, I, I don't I don't. I I'm just, I'm honestly, Tyler, the thing for me is I'm just used to hating every move Montreal makes. And like, I can't really necessarily find a way to hate this other than saying like, I, I think you maybe could have got more out of them, but like yeah, more is what, like a fifth. I don't hate it because it's, it's a point, like it's a meaningless move. That's why I don't like it. It's, it just seems pointless, right? You're taking the money off the books. Yes. But you, you could have taken on a, either a more usable player or, you know, maybe you take on a guy with two years left on his deal and then you get that extra draft pick. Like Patrick Marlowe got a first round pick. Like th- th- this is like these are the types of moves that you, we should be making. And 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 this is what you see. And it's like it's underwhelming, right? It's underwhelming because a lot of teams would trade for that LTIR hit to get the cap space back. Yeah, they would have. Um, but maybe he shot it around and I there was no takers yet. And that's what that's all obviously me uh, think like I don't know that for sure and maybe that's the case so it's really hard to hit any trade when you think of it like that but yeah I well it's a I tough time of year like this isn't technic this isn't typically the time of the year that teams are making salary dumps like this unless they're opening up space for a free agent type thing right so a lot of yeah. teams are probably looking at their open cap space and being like I'd rather see what's out there in free agency than eat somebody's contract whereas with Vegas they don't have any cap space and they know. It. Like yeah. they're not going to be signing anyone unless it's probably like a league minimum guy, right? Yeah, I love the deal for Vegas. 
I think yeah, it's a hell of a deal for Vegas. It's yeah. a fantastic job. So I guess that's good. I mean, I don't hate Vegas, but I do I do wonder why teams continuously bail them out. Okay. So uh the Shea Weber trade uh leads me or led me to think about all the contracts uh in slight recent NHL history that have been over ten years or more in length, which we will never have again. Uh-huh. Uh, so do you know how many contracts that are at least 10 years that have been signed in NHL history? Okay, so Kovalchuk. Well, don't uh, do the whole thing because we're going to go through a lot of them. Just give okay, me a, let's just throw say, out a number. Let's say 12. 18. Okay, so I was, okay. Okay, so we're yeah. going to do a quiz based on these contracts. So there better not be 18 questions. No, there's not. There's like four or five. Perfect. Uh, which contracts are still active and this uh includes players that aren't um yeah well it'll include shea weber <laughs> i'll just yeah. give you one is it you asking me to guess a number then uh no tell me the players that are currently still playing on their contracts that were at least 10 years in length are you going to tell me how many there there are four remaining after shea weber and buyouts don't count and buyouts no they would have to be currently playing on this contract still Were were Kane and uh, Kane and Taves weren't ten, the ten years, right? No, I think they Stam- were eight or nine or something. Stamkos? No, because Parise and Suter would have been immediate guesses, but they were both bought they out. They were both bought so out. So that doesn't that doesn't count. No, you they're have. Not act, they're not oh, still is, on those is contracts. Hosa, do Hosa and Pronger still count? No, I don't have them on my list. <laughs> Man, I'm having a hard time thinking. Of players that were signed that long. Uh, one of them is a relatively well-known player. Uh, th- one of them I thought you would get right away. Uh, another one is kind of obscure based on who he is. And the third one uh, recently got eliminated from the playoffs. Or the fourth one, I guess. Uh, every one of these players played in the playoffs this year. Looking Actually played. Yes, actually played in the playoffs this year. Ten-year deals? They were all they are all currently on deals that were at minimum ten years in length. They were all signed in and 2013, I'm, I but honestly, one. You might as well just name them off. I can't. Like, okay. I, I'm thinking like Bergeron, but the, and no. I know Crosby didn't sign one. And Malkin. <laughs> like, did Crosby sign a more than ten-year deal? He went eight by eight by eight point seven, right? Uh, according to this, it's a 12-year deal. Okay. He's so a free Crosby. agent in 2025 okay. at 8.7. Uh, next up, I guess, would be a 13-year deal at 5.5 million, and that would be Duncan Keith. Okay, so, so someone at Chicago did for sure, yeah. Uh, next up would be have your starting goaltender of the LA Kings, Jonathan Quick, who signed a 10-year, $5.8 million contract. Jeez, that could have went really downhill. Oh, man. And he sells one more year. That was a risky-ass deal. It's just now a bad deal. That's crazy. Uh, Last up, we have, what, second or third line center, Jordan Stahl, who signed a 10-year, $6 million contract in 2013. Did not not know that. Uh, And one other uh, 10-plus-year contract actually ended last season, and it this player played for three different teams over the course of that contract and won a Stanley Cup with the LA Kings. Carter. Yep. 
He's the only player that went through that whole contract playing for three different teams, which I thought was pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, it is a he's a useful player. Uh, which two players signed the longest contracts in NHL history, tied at 15 years? Uh, Di Pietro. Yep. Didn't Yager sign a super crazy long one? No. 15-year deal. Who tied Di Pietro for, with a record-setting 15-year contract? Was that the Kovalchuk deal? I thought that was 13. Correct. It was Kovalchuk. The okay. original, I believe the original Kovalchuk deal was Yeah, the, the Devils one, yeah. Uh, okay, which contract had the highest total dollar value? Uh, Kovalchuk. Incorrect. Uh, Alex Ovechkin signed a 13-year, $124 million contract. Kovalchuk's was for $100 million. Uh, um, and Ovechkin actually finished out that contract and signed another one. Yeah. And again, was a good one. It's good. They, when they worked, they're really good. Yeah, which leads me to my next question, which you've had hints to two out of the three already. Which players actually finished out their contracts? Uh, have? Yeah, which players or, signed 10-plus-year contracts and actually uh, finished them out without Carter? getting bought out? Yeah, Carter's one. Uh, we just talked about the other one. Well, Quick's not done yet. No. The guy that had the most... Keith? The most expensive contract. Di Pietro? We just talked about him. Was, yeah. No. No, Ovechkin, yes. Yeah. Dude, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm, the allergies are killing me. It wasn't a good day for a quiz. I'm, I'm just going to straight up the, tell you that. Okay, I, we only have one more question after this, and I will give you a really good hint for the third player that actually finished out their contract. It was a 10-year, $6.7 million deal, and he currently is going to be bought out by Tyler in the offseason. Oh, Backstrom. Nick Backstrom. Uh, so that is crazy that a team signed a 13-year and a 10-year deal, got a Stanley Cup out of it, and both players finished the contracts without yeah. being complete shit. Yeah. That's um, pretty good. That's pretty impressive, actually. Uh, and once again, kudos to Jeff Carter for signing an 11-year contract and going through three teams. <laughs> yeah. The first team was not happy. <gasps> oh, man. Wait a second. That was, it was four teams. Wait, no. Yeah, he signed that in Philly. Oh, right, Philly Columbus. Traded him. It was four. Philly traded him to Columbus. He requested right. a trade to LA, it and then LA just traded. Holy shit! Oh, Jesus, that's definitely a record. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Four teams, what? Two cups? Uh, yeah. Four teams and two cups. And he wasn't on that team that made the final with Philly, right? Or did he get uh, traded right after that? I might have been. Well, Mike Richards was on that team, so yeah, he was. Crazy. Uh, Mike Richards was another guy that signed a long deal, but he got um, he got his caught contract at the border. Canceled he got caught at the border because he That's tried to happened. smuggle drugs off the border. Yeah. But okay. also, he's one of the most winningest players of all time, and was on a hot track to a Hall of Fame career had he not done that. Yeah, uh, like okay. one of the best players from a winning perspective, one at every single level he played at. Uh, even drug dealing. Uh, no, technically he lost at that, but. Well, yep, yeah, they all end up there. Not all of them. Yeah, I guess that's true. A lot of them just end up dead. Just the ones you know and are the ones that are That's caught. true. Okay, last question on the long-term contracts. Which player played the least amount of seasons out of a 10-plus-year contract? 
Kovalchuk because it was canceled immediately. Correct. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he left. But he the, left. Uh, the contract Kovalchuk actually signed and was approved. Uh, he the Devils got three seasons and one was a lockout year that started in January. Uh, in 195 regular season games, he had 79 goals, 95 assists for 174 points, and that's was good. a minus 41. <laughs> he was he wasn't a defensive player, that's for sure. Uh, and in the playoffs, because they notably did make one Stanley Cup final uh, during that uh, tenure there, uh, in his first full season in New Jersey after the trade and signing, uh, in 23 games he had eight goals uh, and 11 assists, and was a minus seven. Anthony Sorelli uh, just went end to end. Yeah. And scored. It's pretty nice. And that leads a perfect transition into the Stanley Cup final has happened, and there are two games in, and th- game three is currently going. Uh, game one, Lightning built a strong early lead. Uh, the Lightning did the thing that they, or the Avalanche built the lead. The Lightning clawed back like they usually do, but lost in OT. Uh, and in game two, uh, they got absolutely stomped by the Avalanche 7 nothing. Uh, did Braden Point come back tonight? No, he is out. Kadri also didn't play? Uh, not that I have seen so far. And it is currently, what, 1-1? 1-1, Tampa just tied it up six minutes after the first. Would you argue that um, this might be the most important game in Tampa's entire three-year run? Probably, yeah. I mean, there's pro- there was a game of seven or so in there, but yeah. They, yeah, but if they, they don't win tonight, like, it's... That's, yeah, it'd be a really tough task to come three nothing to win. Like four I don't straight. say I'm not saying they can do it, but I'm saying that it would be really damn hard. Colorado looks like Tampa has looked the last two years, right now. Yeah, it's gonna take some uh, really probably uh, one goal wins here and maybe some overtime victories from Tampa to to have yeah. a chance to pull it a three P. Yeah, Colorado looks really good. They're playing within their system. They're not getting really emotional and like into the rough stuff either. Like Nathan McKinnon has looked super stoic and calm and just like very businesslike, which is uh, what you like to see from him because he puts all that anger and aggression into his skating, um, which is uh, a good thing. It's all the chickpea pasta and the healthy eating that he's doing now. He's yeah. way calmer as a person. His, his tum-tum's not all upset by oh, the God. bad sugars. Sure. What, you don't think that's a legitimate thing? No. You don't think his tum-tum being upset isn't bad? I mean, it's good. It's not It's not, not bad. Like, uh, I mean, I think it'd be important that his tum-tum wasn't upset okay. while he was playing. All right, all right. I don't know where you're going with this anymore. <laughs> uh, do you have any thoughts on the Stanley Cup final? Uh, it's been really, it's been living up to expectations so far, other than the big blowout, but like, Again, we like to see goals, and um, I do want, frankly, I want Colorado to win. Um, but I'd be okay if Tampa won. Uh, really indifferent to. It's better for us betting wise if Tampa wins. Yeah, but like at this point, I don't really care. Like I just want a good final, and it feels very much like uh, L.A. versus New Jersey right now in in their final, um, which L.A. just absolutely dominated. It was an, over in five games. It's it's feeling a lot like that right now, but we never we never count the Tampa Bay Lightning out. I think they'll I think they're going to win tonight, just based on how they're playing, um, and then we'll kind of see what Game Four brings. Uh, I I need it. I a Bolts win is beneficial for us, obviously from a betting perspective. So 
<laughs> that's kind of the way I want it to go, but whatever. Whoever wins, wins, I guess. It doesn't really matter to me at the end of the day. Um, but I would like to see it not be like a four or five game finish here. I'd like to see the Tampa at least push it to like six or seven games. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so next week, uh, we could be talking about a Stanley cup champion being crowned, or we could be talking about the series, uh, still going on for another podcast. So yeah, that'll be the podcast for this week. And we will talk to you next week. Bye.